0: What is up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Uh. Alright. Coming up next, it is part two of our conversation with Sudhir. And it gets
1: heavy, man. It gets
0: heavy. I mean we didn't even plan to have a part two, but we started the recording, things were flowing, we were going deep, and there's so much that we unpack in this episode as well. Okay, don't worry, just listen to the episode. in in your in your points about like okay um, like how how to the racism is never ending challenge you brought up the thing about racial harmony Uh, quite a few of the questions we got were Mm. around the thing of like okay you know there are things like CMIO right there's things like SEP schools there's things like things that feel like okay it's affirmative action but could this be almost humming or making it more difficult to see everyone as Singaporeans? If right from the start, right, you have these different segmentations, like. Is it time we do away with it? Is it more productive or con- destructive? Is the, are there alternative forms that we can put in place, like? Yeah, yeah. So, so what what are what are your thoughts on that? Like? He has flipped the page. Yeah, he just flipped the page. <laughs> hey, he already said it he must come oh, from the yeah. page. Yeah, 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 no, he flipped the page it's, in his mind. No, really, made, in mind,
2: in my mind, in, in my mind. mind. Waiting, waiting <laughs> for <laughs> you to answer. <laughs> yeah, <yeah>.
3: yeah. like okay, <laughs> okay. No, no, <laughs> so no. I'm uh, really interested here. So, so CMIO yeah. I have a lot of thoughts, lah. Okay, okay. Mm, and um, I, I don't want to get too technical. I, mm. uh, I, I actually gave a talk on top-down versus bottom-up models of identity. So, CMIO is a top-down model, Yeah, right? The state. Decides what are the categories Mm. and they fit people into those categories. Mm. So places like Singapore and China have like these top-down models. You Mm. know, China went through a very elaborate exercise in the 1950s to come up with its, I think, 56, uh, what they call Minzu. Again, I'm probably pronouncing that wrongly. Minzu, yeah. Minzu, yeah. yeah. So they came up with, you know, uh, the Han being one of them, and there are fifty-five others, and 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 that also was a process of like whittling down the many hundreds of different possible mm. identities, la, mm-hmm. Especially in places like Yunnan, where they had you know hundreds and hundreds of identities, they they whittled everything down to fifty-six. Mm. So different countries have gone through this process of like having this top-down identity model, mm. and there are many other countries who have a bottom-up model, right? including mm. places like India including places many places in, in in Western Europe that's why you know if you if you if you meet people you know from Western Europe and they come here they I've traveled with friends through Malaysia and, and in Singapore they will be like hey why everybody asks you what race you are mm. you know it, it's it's such a weird question for people especially in Western Europe mm. especially given their experience after the war right and how yeah. race was such a big part of, of World War II and yeah, uh, coming yeah. out of that you know for a lot of them that there's what what they call more of a universalizing model, right? Mm. So in France, especially, you know, universalizing model, you're, you're just a French citizen. We're not going to ask for your race, religion, mm. all this other stuff, right? Mm. Um, and So that's what you mean by bottom up. Yeah, so, that you know, it's, it's, you, you, the, the state does not... The state is blind to the it. The state la, does right? not ascribe an identity to you. La. And if uh. people
0: want to cluster up and all, that's almost like the free market equivalent of society.
3: Yeah, and 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 policies are not run by any of these indicators, lah. Mm. You know, in Singapore, policies are run by these indicators, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, your your mother tongue, your self-help groups, your Madakis, mm. all, all mm. this kind of thing. There are a lot of policies, the the HDB ethnic quotas. Yeah, mm, policies are run by this, you know. Yeah. Po- whereas in, in these other countries, policies are not not run by these uh, indicators, yeah. uh, right? Race and religion and things like that. But something very interesting is happening. And you know, I, I I go into it a lot more detail in this in this talk I gave uh, at a conference two years ago, and, and we can add the link onto your podcast show. Mm-hmm, People mm-hmm. want more. But uh, over the past few years, you're seeing countries with this bottom-up model actually realizing that hey, maybe we do need to us ask, start asking about these attributes like race. Mm-hmm. So actually, mm-hmm. there, there's a big discussion happening now in in in, in France because you mm-hmm. know uh, the, the 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 problem is that is that Researchers have found that you're actually finding pockets of discrimination, right? So like mm. people from North Africa, people from sub-Saharan Africa, who are obviously French citizens now, having trouble with, with the rental market, mm. you know, ha- having trouble mm. with employment, perhaps being discriminated against, and there's no real way to track it, mm. uh, because you know, the state doesn't actually assess and measure and count ethnicity and religion. Mm. So... so the question is why do some countries like singapore and china have this top down model where we actually put people into buckets mm. it's partly administration right it's 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 to be able to address the interests of different groups mm. and and the problem with the opposite model again is that if you claim that there's no such thing as race right then how do you even deal with the issue of racism mm. you know because if race doesn't exist does that necessarily imply that racism doesn't exist yeah mm. and and so you're, the the you know, I, I think what I want to say on CMIO is that essentially there's a lot of tension around the world about whether we need to actually include race in mm. our senses, whether we need to account for race, mm. uh, whether we should let people self-identify or whether we should actually ascribe a race to people. Mm. Uh, in my view, CMIO in Singapore might have been useful in our early days, 20, 30 years, maybe 60s mm. to the 90s. I, I think it's it's yeah, and and I and I mean that purely from an administrative point of view la Okay, mm, mm, you know mm. we, we need to organize society. We need to have these different buckets, uh, make sure nobody gets left behind. Yeah. You know, so 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 let's have this model. But I think it's it's long outlasted its usefulness. Mm, mm. Um and and the problems with CMIO, I mean there are many. The the, the obvious one is is with forcing people into these straight jackets la, Your you yeah. know, these identity straight jackets. You mm. know uh, why and and then ascribing different Attributes, you know, why does an Indian, why is an Indian associated with Tamil, right? Mm-hmm. The Tamil language, you know, there's mm. so many other Indians, there's so much diversity within Indian, there's so much diversity within Chinese, within yeah. Malay, within yeah. all the groups. Yeah. Um, but then there are also other problems aside from the identity problem, which have to do with uh, HDB quotas and things like that, mm-hmm. which uh, I'll stop now because I've been droning on, but mm. I'm happy to talk about other problems as well with, with CMIO. I, I, I actually think it should be. Dismantled as soon as we can. But any replaced by something else that has more buckets or no buckets at all? I feel no buckets. I feel that, you know, the the the, the main the main the main rebuttals I get to oh, you know, if we get rid of CMIO, what are we gonna do for our self-help groups? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm if mm. if if you know because mandaki looks after the poor malays Sinda looks mm. after the poor indians if you get rid of this system right who's going to look after the 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 poor the, those left behind but, yeah. but but i think i think it's very easy to set up organizations that are just focused on people on their social economic status mm. but, but right you, it doesn't have to be race specific help you know i i, I don't see the, the the need for that
0: but even when going back to that 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 argument that people use against like uh, the dismantling of CMIO where where how are these self-help groups or like help help groups supposed to ascribe to a particular ethnicity? Like? Yeah. I mean, just because you dismantle CMIO doesn't mean I will forget that I'm Indian, right? So so or <laughs> are they saying that if you dismantle CMIO, identity or ethnicity is taken out of the picture. So something like a sindha has no more value. But people still could identify as Indians themselves. Well, what, how, how do they justify that argument? Or is there no way to prove that I'm Indian like anyone who's dark skin could say oh I'm Indian I want to be part of Sindha. <laughs> is that the fear once self declare
3: I think the fear is that the 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 funding of these organizations might go down la. I think that's mm, the main fear mm, funding yeah. mm. not not that the people who need the help uh, will 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 not know where to look Oh, or, or, the funding. Okay. I suspect that that's the main issue.
0: Because,
3: mm. you know, a certain amount taken from our CPF uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and directed, right?
0: Based yeah. on our ethnicity. Yeah. ethnicity
3: so, I, I think that's the main fear. I see. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I, I, I think, I mean, my view is we can we can have a slow dismantling and, and during the transition period, we just make sure that we look out for people falling through the cracks la, mm-hmm. because of funding shortfalls and things like that. Mm. you know I'm sure there are ways before we get to a stage where all our civil society organizations are not focused on race right mm-hmm. yeah. we're helping people based on social economic status yeah mm. um, so I, I I don't see the need for the for the CMIO system you know I know many disagree uh, but but yeah I think it's long outlived its usefulness mm. but why not like what Harish
1: said um, adding more categories like you know mix you know, uh, Indian-Chinese mixed-parentage or something. So, so it is still indicated there. La. And then you can, I mean, I know others as a, as a bucket, it's just way too big and too, uh, no definitions about it. La. But if, what if we have more categories? Because, cause like what you said about France as well, uh, I've seen firsthand, like I was literally there when the riots were happening, the like racial riots, and then you walk through the Banlius and it's, they're like ghettos basically. You know, it's, it's, yep. it's you can tell when you've gone from uh, the French suburbs into the the outskirts of the banlieues, yep. and, and 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 then I mean the you know the ban on on religious uh, insignia in schools that that causes even more anger and causing beheadings in France, like specifically because they say that there's no um, there should not be any display of any religion in the classroom is a secular space, so they ban you know, the the hijab. Mm. They ban the cross wearing a cross the school. But, you know, the hijab is a much more visible uh, expression of your religion. Uh. But because of that, you know, things like that, it stokes a lot of anger in people who are religious mm. and it causes them to, you know, take very violent extremist measures uh, because they feel that their religion has been overlooked as well uh, or just forced into a box that they don't want to be in. So, so, in some ways, just giving people a space or giving them a you know a category and all that uh i know it sounds like it's putting people in a box but in some mm. ways it's also it's your boxer uh, you know it's it can also feel it's your space to to play within uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that also be an alternative to dismantling it entirely
3: so 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 that that's a that's I, I think a valid response which some people have that cmio actually protects the identities of minorities mm. better mm. than it w- you know than a system that has no buckets at all yeah my my feeling is that there might be i i, I would be more swayed by that argument if we were a much bigger country mm. and mm. We, um we were not uh, just a global city mm. you know mm. and so so if you if you do the comparison to a place like France for example the 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 Banlius there you know a lot of people a lot of people who live there are descendants of north africans former yeah. the 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 former colonized mm-hmm. of the french right yeah. it's a very different dynamic to the chinese malay indians others in singapore la. Mm. It, 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 there's no former colonizer and former colonized firstly mm. yeah uh, the 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 second thing is that you, you know we are so much more integrated for 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 now you know two hundred plus years mm-hmm. right there's been so much more intermixing mm. despite what the the likes of Tanbunli mm. would like to believe mm-hmm. <laughs> there's been so much more intermixing and 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 the 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 vehicle I always use to describe it is 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 our food if you look at our food right
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know that the, there's just been such a long history of mixing in Singapore that that the idea that we actually need fixed categories and then fixed quotas in housing estates mm. in order to make sure people don't fight which is essentially the theory i i i feel that it's funnily enough paradoxically enough it's actually the conservatives borrowing ideas from overseas and, mm. and fixing it onto singapore you mm. know um, I, I i don't think we have the we, we should have the fear of that i, I think uh, we're a, we're a global multicultural city um, even if we didn't have quotas, even if we didn't have the CMIO system, I think yeah. uh, people would get along just fine. I mean, of course, there'll be some issues uh, every now and then as we've seen over the past week. But mm. but, but I don't I, I, I don't buy the argument that it's, it's, you know, CMIO and the ethnic quotas and housing blocks that are actually protecting us mm. and making us safer. I, I don't really buy that argument. Then
0: what about the stuff like SAP schools? Because, I mean, I all I know of SEP schools is that, okay, they are special some assistance, assistance program. Yeah, some so, things. it's almost like, a, a, it's quite a prestigious thing to get into a SEP school. But, from what I read, most of the SEP schools tend to cater to the Chinese language. Like, you need to know Chinese to get into a SEP school. Yeah. And I know there have been certain debates and articles. I think Rice Media had something saying that as long as SEP schools exist, there will be some sort of discrimination. So those sort yeah. of things that are isn't that a racist policy? Or when it comes to policy or within the setting of Singapore, those sort of things have are not are not racist. Or do they really do do more to propagate? Because CMIO touches like everyone, lah, right? But mm. SAP schools is almost like, okay, is this offshoot? Does it make it less of a problem?
3: Does it contribute to the problem? I think I mean I, I I haven't read nearly as much as I should on this issue mm. but I have read the rice piece yeah and and I think I, I mean SAP schools that there, there, there is an element of chinese elitism lah, la, which, yeah. which the SAP schools contribute to yeah um, whether you know the the connection between that and CMIO may be a bit tenuous, but mm. but you know, uh, yeah, yes, I mean, you, you know, I mean, the short answer is we we need to get rid of these of sort of... Of, of any educational policies that that give preference to one language group over another. Mm. Mm. You know, so if if there are special schools, there, there should be special schools for all uh, mother tongues, ah, so, Right. So so then the example you gave just now, where it was,
0: you said two years ago, or was it more recently? You're saying there are discussions in France where they are identifying problems, where the policies, like like minorities fall through the cracks, right? So are they, are they now considering more top-down approaches or...
3: Yeah. So I think, uh, the, the pl- two places I've read about are Portugal and France, which which both are considering more assessment and counting of people by race, basically. Mm. Yeah. So that means it's almost there, kind of like, moving towards the CMI. Yes, CMI, yes, yes. yes. they they're, they're thinking of more, yeah, or... Not, maybe not necessarily force fitting people into buckets, but mm. certainly assessing and measuring and, and addressing issues based on people's origins and, and race.
0: Mm. Okay. Okay. So okay, so so I mean because like quite a few of our commenters were talking about the differences between Singapore and other countries. And I know on the previous podcast with you, one question that we had from a listener was about how the future PM of Singapore should think about immigration when it comes to Singapore. And I know your response was that we can't look at Singapore the same way we look at like a bigger country, which is what you alluded to previously, right? Because you're saying Singapore is a global city, right? Yeah. So on that note, right, like, um, like, how, how would you say, like, do you, I know previously also you said you're fairly optimistic about Singapore that we should never think about what's the worst that could happen because you believe in more for Singapore, right? Uh, Uh.
3: Fuck! I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was I getting at?
3: No, but I'll, I'll I'll chime in with something while you're you're getting that, which is that. Yeah. I I, I think we have a tremendous risk aversion when it comes to a lot of issues, mm-hmm. and so even with issues like race, right? You know, so so I'll say, yeah, you know, I don't think we need the CMIO, I don't think we need HGB quota, but but you know, baked in there for me is that issues like what happened over the past couple of weeks. Mm. We just have to learn to deal with it, lah. This is life, lah. You know, yeah. Mm, yeah. Th- these are tensions, these are frictions that you have in a multicultural society. Mm. It's far more important to build our resilience, to build our our methods of dialogue and discourse, yeah. rather than than to try to think, oh, we can reach a point where we'll get these to zero. We'll mm. never have these incidents, yeah. mm. which I think is the, is the actually the frame of mind of a lot of people, you mm. know. It's, it's very. We we need to fix things such that we have zero racial yeah. incidents. Yeah. But but I I think that's the wrong way to think about things. Mm. What well, that echoes uh,
1: what Kelvin Cheng posted. Uh. he said he basically said racism is everywhere. Oh. Even in Singapore, there will be racist. There will be racist acts, and uh, the 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 scary the difficult things when people start to classify everything as a racist act mm. That's what he's, That's what he. Was saying. He didn't say specifically whether it's the PA incident or the Sarah Bargrave incident. Mm. But, but he, I mean, he alluded to that. La. I mean, it is obviously... Off the it, back of yeah, that. Yeah, off the but
0: back of that. I mean, la. you know, like, what what you said, and, and I realised where I was going with my yep. previous thought, is that um, right now, Singapore, you know, we have all this embedded... As much as we have embedded policies to protect minorities, we also have things like Racial Harmony Day. We have this thing of a pledge, you know, like, mm. regardless of race, language, or religion. Mm do you think that that gives an easy outlet for politicians to say, you know, this is not what we stand for? You know, like to immediately kind of uh, identify or like label these issues that happen as one-offs because this is not what Singapore stands for. Because for me... When, let's say, Shamugam said, I think the past week, in reference to the Dave Prakash video, like he's surprised, you know, he always thought Singapore was leading towards uh, more racial harmony and this surprised him. And in my mind, are you fucking kidding me? How is that a surprise? It feels like this thing has been bubbling up for long. But, but then I look at, like, okay, racial harmony day, you know, the, the pledge and all this stuff that shows Singapore to be cohesive. And now I think maybe that is, that itself needs to go. Our pledge needs to be, like, regardless of race, language, or religion, uh bearing in mind there will be asshole races out there and everything <laughs> needs to be extended like, because because i also believe that racism will never be uh uh like like totally eliminated uh maybe it's things for those to change time is for those to change as well
3: like. yes i it, to some degree I, I agree the 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 big official symbolic things like the mm. pledge the, the national anthem is something I frequently talk about because, you know, that's a classic example of a cultural artifact mm-hmm. that once a year, when I say cultural artifact, I mean the little bit of Malay that people can speak. Mm-hmm. Many of them not even understanding what the words mean. So they'll just go off Malikita, da 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 da, da with, and they don't know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. For many people, it's a sort of cultural artifact that they can dust off once a year, mm-hmm. August 9th, Spit it out, and and wear that as a badge of honor. Hey, yeah. you know, I can speak some Malay. Our national anthem is in Malay. Yeah. Mm. We must be multicultural. Yeah. How dare yeah. you call us racist, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yes, and 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 I think there's an interesting psycholo- uh, concept in psychology called moral license, and and mm. Malcolm Gladwell has a very good talk on this, which which again we can put the link to. But but essentially, moral license is is you know when when you do something for a particular group that essentially makes you feel better about yourself mm. and then that excuses future actions that may actually prejudice that group yeah right yeah. so you 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 have this moral license to then act in a different way mm. so issues like tokenism mm. play into this you know um and 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 I think uh Gladwell, he mentioned this this example in the 1800s when when the british royal family uh, commissioned a painting by a female artist because mm. all the art was dominated by by men mm. and they commissioned one one piece by a female artist to be hung in 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 the in their palace or whatever and after that that was the end of it right they, they, they went back to to having men only but but that one piece allowed them to say hey no you know we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're gender neutral right you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I think in Singapore there's a lot of that idea of of moral license where you know, because we've done A, B, C, D, E for the Malay language and for Indians and for m- minorities, okay, you know, that that, that that allows us to forget about all the other stuff that might be going on. Mm. And so I think that's something we need to understand. I, I think when it comes to people like like Shanmugam and the government talking about racial issues, I think it, it gets back to what I was saying about we really need to confront our history. Because mm. I also was surprised by Shanmugam's comments because, you know, the first thing I'm like, you know, haven't you read what Lee Kuan Yew himself has <laughs> said all these years? Don't, don't, don't you see the link between uh, some of these these policies that are in place? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, giving preferences to Chinese for immigration, right? Mm-hmm. Si- Singapore has a has a unwritten but spoken policy to um, maintain a Chinese supermajority. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's I, I've called it before the the most racist policy in the developed world right Mm, essentially at the border we give preferences to Chinese it's still going on now yeah yeah it's still going on Uh and 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 it was confirmed in in parliament in 2012 I think it's one of these unwritten policies Lee Kuan Yew first talked about it in the 80s Mm. um, when when he said that Singapore's so so in the 60s let me just backtrack in the 60s Lee Kuan Yew um, professed that Chinese are genetically superior or East Asians are genetically superior to others. He, mm. he he did this in a little anecdote about a about a about a mom going to the hospital and surviving or not surviving. Mm. Oh, like that, there
1: was when when was this in the sixties?
3: I think it was sixty-seven. Okay, yeah. okay, so so that he, he told this anecdote about the East Asian goes to the hospital. Yeah. and I know you South wrote about Asian, that in an article, right? Yeah. So I'll okay. put that link in the show notes yeah. as
0: well. Because I mean, so, he
1: was a I mean, the eugenics and and everything back then was a was a big thing, like, Right? It wasn't. Isolated to Li Quan Yu itself, la. The belief in um, that you know you can you yep, put two yep. pe- people put, of superior sure. genes together, sure, and 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 then you will continue producing superior genes, genes. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, um, I just wanted to to, to ask whether that was a was that product was he a product of his time or was it just uh, you know him as a person based on what he was reading and what he was exposed to. At Cambridge or what?
3: I think many people, you know, when when it comes to issues around his views on race, mm, I think mm. many people have said he's a product of his time, lah. Mm, I, I I've mm, heard that used a lot. Mm. Okay. So you know whether you want to use that as a as an excuse or a defence, I don't know. But but the reality was he had very racist views. Mm, mm, you mm. know whether others around him ha- had those views or not, it's hard to say. So, so maybe um, you can just go into a bit of that because I know that was like the sixth point in your, uh, uh,
0: your what you talked about previously and I know you've written about it. But when I read that article of yours also, I was like, oh shit, he really said that? Maybe what were some of the things specifically that he said that you think we should go back and confront or dissect as part of this broader discussion on race in Singapore?
3: Okay, so... Uh, yeah, I think it's important. The late 60s, he articulated his views on mm. the genetic superiority of East Asians. Mm. Okay, This was done through an anecdote. Yeah, and yeah. we can share that anecdote later. Yeah. So, you know, where he put, I think, East Asians on top and then Southeast Asians and South Asians below them. Then in the 80s, he made a very interesting couple of statements in parliament mm. where he said that this is where he referred to the cultural superiority of of uh, chinese with regards to economic development mm. okay mm. so he said the reason singapore is successful and, and i'm i'm paraphrasing we can we can put the, yeah. the exact quote in mm. in something along the lines of the reason singapore is successful is be- because we had a majority and it's because that majority is chinese mm. yeah that's why we were successful so this is actually in parliament in the 80s mm. and he used that you know, I I, I I I think everybody assumes that, that that this was the justification for giving preferences to ethnic Chinese migrants mm. to, to come in from the 90s, especially uh, places like Hong Kong, because mm. uh, people were leaving Hong Kong before 97. So so that was one of the reasons. You know, let, let's ramp up our, our immigration. Um, and give preferences to Chinese. And and that's also when they they, they were realizing that, you know, uh, the birth rates of Indians and Malays are higher. Mm. So if we don't actively engineer the population, Mm. the Indian and Malay shares will grow higher and higher over time. Mm. Mm. Right? Mm. And because Singapore is successful, because it's Chinese, we need to maintain Chinese. Um, And and this has been an unwritten policy, but it was confirmed in, in 2012 in Parliament... Uh, And and I can attach the the quote as well Mm. um, by one of the ministers in parliament uh, Mm, mm. confirmed that, yes, Singapore does give preferences to ethnic Chinese Mm. in terms of immigration. Mm. So this is, in my view, like this whole strand of Lee Kuan Yew's thought, right? If you go back to the 60s where he talked about the genetic superiority and the cultural superiority and and actually enacting it Mm. into a firm policy. And this is probably... The most racist policy that that Singapore has, and and like I said, it's the most racist policy in the developed world um, because it's essentially it sends a signal to society that you know <laughs> we are successful because we're Chinese we're Chinese, lah. We're Chinese mm. majority, mm. right? Mm. The the other races should always be minorities because you know f- forget what's going to happen if they yeah. ever if they ever grow bigger, um, Singapore will be destroyed and you know i i different people have have different responses some people say no it's about political stability having having one you know one big race and s- other smaller races is it, actually lends itself to political stability as mm. opposed to having you know two ethnic groups both mm. with 40 plus percent you know that that makes for a much more volatile uh, combative situation you know mm. apologists for this policy will will come up with all kinds of excuses right mm. but ultimately you know, I think it's it's by definition a racist policy. I don't think any of the arguments or rebuttals really hold much water. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is, it, it cuts to the core of one issue with racism for minorities in Singapore is that we call ourselves a multicultural glo- global city. We, we we profess these aspirations towards harmony regardless of race, religion. Mm. But in practice, it's not the case, right? Mm. So there's a, there's a huge disconnect I often have this argument, and people they're like, "Oh, you know, you you think uh, America or Canada or Australia is better, is it the mm. racism?" Then no, I said, "No, I I don't think racism is less there, but I do think they're more honest about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I do think they're more honest about it. You know, mm. they, they they probably have a much bigger challenge than we do, but you know, they're they're talking about it. You know." We, we are living under this fake bubble of like, oh, you know, let's forget about what Lee Kuan Yew said back in the past. Let, let's forget yeah. about all these racist policies. Mm. And and I think th- that's what I tell people. In Singapore, it's not that racism at an absolute level is really bad compared to other places. Yeah. But the disjoint, right? The disjoint between what we say we are. Mm. They were a wonderful multicultural paradise uh, mm. and, and, and the reality of it. Mm. So that... I. I think that's the the main thing we have to tackle. There, there are other you know prejudice policies. The the other big one is is uh, with Muslims in the in the armed forces, mm. which for sure we have to we, we should have changed that twenty years ago. Mm. I I I went to the armored regiment. I, I don't know. I don't, what, what what were you guys in? I was infantry Gods. So uh. so so in your in your regiments were there Malays and Muslims or uh, Malay Muslims?
1: God la. yeah, God. Also, no, to to very specifically answer one of the questions that yep. was posed to you, they asked, well, are, are there Malays in machine gun units? I was a machine gun commander and absolutely yes. Ah. Uh, there were other machine gun commanders also who were Malays. Mm, mm, My mm. own uh, machine gun assistant. But they are machine Malays. guns, oh. no bullets? Okay. Eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. Strong. <laughs> they're big and strong, a lot of bullets.
3: No, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think there, there's some outdated views that there's no guards or commandos who are uh, Malay at all. Ah. Mm. Yeah.
3: There are some outdated views, but there are some that are on on the Manila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in armor. Yeah, there's not a sing. There wasn't a single Muslim in armor. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. When I was there. Okay. So I I I, I got to be careful. Sometimes you know there's a lot of conflation on Malay and Muslim. It's actually. Mm. I, I think it's it's no Muslims no allowed, Muslim, okay. right? So there's no mm. Muslims allowed. Yeah, uh, armor seen as the front line. You know, our, our enemies being uh, Malaysia and Indonesia supposedly, mm. and so so there are no Muslims allowed in armor. Mm. I mean, even um, statistically, if you look at
0: leadership positions within the army, it is not representative of our population at all. So I think mm. there might be some views that are inaccurate, but I think there are the numbers to back up the general sentiment lah. Yeah, no, so that's yeah. why
1: I'm just saying that uh it's it's good like if we were more open about all these numbers and uh, mm. everything yeah, as well. Yeah. And I and think there've been there've been publications but they've been they're not really discussed about it. La. Like like that I mean there was a, the last one was about the the Muslim cookhouses on in naval ships, I think. They were saying that it's a logistical issue. That's why mm. you cannot have cannot have Muslim in the on a, on a navy ship. La, which mm. makes zero sense to me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but anyways, I'm sorry.
3: No, no, no. So, exactly. We, we need much more clarity on these issues and, and we, you know, we need to get to the bottom of why Muslims are in certain units and not in certain units. Mm. Um, but it's it's not very healthy for our unity. It's not healthy when mm. it comes to issues like racial harmony. Mm. Throughout my two years there, there were, there were jokes made about Malays. Mm. No Malays around. Yeah. Jokes, jokes made about Malays, yeah. and 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 also there's the connection to Malaysia, so, You know, Malaysia is yeah. our big enemy that we're training for war against, and so let's joke about Malays and Malays, You know, and and two years of indoctrination and in that, right? For, for mm. all the rest of us. Yeah. Um. And and the other thing that that really amazed me. This happened long after I ORD. Uh, a taxi driver told me that he he dropped off um a, a, a new mainland Chinese migrant. Yeah, to the Sungai Gedong armour camp. Okay. Okay. Mm. And this mainland Chinese uh, migrant was like making some some jokes about Malays and all that with the with the taxi driver lah. and 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 but, but but the funny thing for me is, is it got me thinking. You know, we we always say that the reason for not having Muslims in some of these quote unquote high security or whatever departments is is because of war lah, right? Mm-hmm. In case we fight Malaysia, you know, they, are they going to switch sides or whatever? But you know. It's so ridiculous because every Malay I know is totally committed to Singapore. And if you think about a new Chinese migrant, right? Mm. Getting higher security clearance than a Malay whose family has been here for generations. Mm. It, it, and, and, and you know, a lot of the new migrants, my, my, my cousin, um, because he grew up here, he had to do army mm. and then he's gone back to Australia. He's an Australian citizen. Mm. It's the same for a lot of uh, people... Chinese and Indians and all that who come to Singapore, right? Mm, yeah. They might actually do army and then, but then they end up going back to their home country. Mm, mm. Th- this is a common trend, right? In Singapore yeah, mm, today. Yeah. So, can you imagine how ridiculous it is that that we might actually allow example, a new Chinese immigrant who might actually end up going to China. Mm. We give this person higher security clearance mm. than a Malay Mm. Yeah. whose family has been here for I mean, generations I
0: recently got the Singaporean guy who's spying for China also right? Right? James, James Bond the Singaporean guy Dixon oh yeah so not even waiting for people from other
3: countries okay so, so so all these policies are yeah whatever the intent and whatever the 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 value in the 60s and 70s yeah I think they far outlived their value la. Mm, we, yeah. we, we just need to look at them again but, that, but, but then just
0: based on what you just said right where you were in a unit where there were no um, Malay uh, or Muslims, and in that sort of climate, you and uh, maybe other Chinese people were making jokes about them, lah, right? So I wasn't uh, okay, okay, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I okay. must, uh, but I Anti must, but, but, content creator. But, but,
3: but, but you know, like a lot of Ethnic stereotype jokes, I'm sure I laughed at all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I did, that. I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I did. That.
0: So <laughs> so yeah. So
3: sorry for <laughs>
0: mislabeling or mischaracterizing you. But what I was getting at, right. So so on one hand, what you're saying is that because there was no ethnic group represented, it made it easier for the other ethnic groups to kind of poke fun at them. But isn't that what CMIO prevents? So if you're saying you want to take out CMIO. Um, I'm generally maybe not as optimistic as you because I feel like without structures in place, people will self-segregate and that might cause pro- more problems. Not to say that I believe in CMIO. Mm. I think it needs to evolve. But just those two situations you gave, are kind of like how, how do you grapple with that? On one hand, you're saying we don't want buckets and we see everyone equal. But on one hand, where there was a clear issue of one race being excluded and the circumstances of that not being good. Um, isn't that kind of contradictory?
3: Yeah, so I, I I suspect that countries with a very heavy top down model like mm. Singapore mm. and countries with a very completely laissez-faire bottom up model yeah. like what France and yeah. Portugal have, they will have to move towards each other, la. Okay. So I, I you know, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Is it complete tomorrow eradication of CMIO and we don't count by race anymore? I, I don't think that's the answer, la. okay, okay, mm. okay. Right? Because mm. we still might need to make assessments. Of social economic status, yeah. by mm. race, mm. you know, and and if you say don't count race at all anymore. Mm. Uh, there are problems as well, as, as is evident in Western Europe today. Yeah, right. Yeah. They are na- they are unable to get a grip on racism against certain groups because they don't look at race. So mm. I think I think it's more about that. You know, this has to come together in some formula. Okay, Singa- okay. Singapore now, I think it's too it's too top down, too heavy, and too too harsh lah. So, okay, so is okay. there... A,
1: I think this was something I wanted to ask was, is there a country or that has a model that you think is the closest, I mean, is the best so far, like the ideal in terms of handling uh, racial issues and racial equity yeah. and everything? Uh? Um, because, because we know Singapore no. is one extreme and, and then mm. France, for example, might be another extreme. But yeah, is I, there somewhere I don't, you should aspire to? Uh?
3: No, I in terms of uh, their ethnic models... Of identity, right? Whether it's it's top-down identity formation mm. or bottom-up, I, I I don't I don't know of one that's that's an ideal. Mm. You know, I don't know of one that's an ideal. Uh, and 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 I think to some degree it's it's quite country-specific. You you need, just need to come up with something that works for your country. Mm. Mm. And and obviously you know a global city is going to have very different requirements from from a much bigger country. Where, yeah. where where you have people spread out and, and segregated in different ways. But but what I will say as a response to that, um, and several people have also asked me what's a good model, I, I, I do like, in terms of racism, mm. just addressing racism, the issue of racism, I do like what Canada has done over the past few years. Mm. So Canada actually has a very clear anti-racism strategy mm. that's, that's at a very high level, um, and they've got two ministers one is, I think, called Minister of Diversity and Inclusion. The other one is called Minister of Heritage and Multiculturalism. So mm. they actually have very senior positions. They have got an anti-racism secretariat, yeah. yeah. And it's the result of of you know, kind of I think a year long consultation with citizens. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I think something like that mm. is very useful for Singapore to consider. It's very useful for many multicultural societies to consider because it basically. At a very high level, says, "This is a problem. We, we acknowledge it's a problem, it, yeah. and and we're going to address it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. ours is is
1: we generally have it under the Ministry of, uh, Social and Family. What was it la? Ms Msf. M- uh. Ms MCCY? No,
0: MSF MSF. MSF like, la, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, they handle these issues under MSF. Unless it becomes a law issue, then it's under Ministry of Home Affairs and all that like Yeah, but we don't yeah. have it. Eh? Anti-racism, yeah, mystery, yeah,
3: and right. and, I, and I think it's useful to consider it now. Now it gets a bad name in in the states, right? Because mm. I I don't know if, if you've heard of this uh late, this author called Robin D'Angelo and and she wrote a book called White Fragility, mm, and and yeah. she's done a lot of anti-racism training or, or or you know training based off her book, and mm. the one that really made it to the news last year was the Coca Cola training. I, I I don't know if you guys saw that. No that so, the, so the, the there was coca-cola training and and you know w- one of the one of the maxims was try to be less white <laughs> and 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 what does being less white mean you know being less white means being less arrogant uh, being less this being less that so it was essentially <laughs> that's racism right? it, yeah yeah, it was this kind of anti-anti-racism so it, it's, it's like an an indictment of whiteness and and so th- that was an example actually right there this this anti racism training that happened in coca cola yeah people all over the world making fun of it they were like this is wokedom and and leftism gone crazy right in yeah, america yeah, yeah. Yeah. so i think the 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 very phrase anti racism sometimes gets a bad name because of incidents like this <laughs> yeah. but 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 i think it's it's still important that we think about a program along those lines because you know that, that that's how we need to think about combating racism la so so to that i mean am i right to say that that in some way is a shitty
0: example of critical race theory because my understanding of critical race theory is embedding in these sort of trainings some element of the racial inequality la
3: or am i totally off um i mean it's it's become anything that i i think the critical race theory was Came born in the 70s and 80s yeah, through legal scholars who were looking at at the way race mm. affects institutions mm, la, mm, and affects people through institutions. Mm. Now, uh D'Angelo's anti-racism training, uh I I think to some effect, to to sorry, to some extent she is trying to address institutional racism through these things. Yeah. Mm. But I don't think it's it's a easy it's an easy parallel to, you know, uh, addressing things that come out of CRT la. Okay.
2: So what what she's doing. But yeah. then, then what
1: are your thoughts on the use of terms like white fragility, white privilege? And now they're using Chinese privilege. Yeah. Chinese fragility to, you know, as for people to argue back on the internet. Sorry, just to finish off that train of thought, which which is is, is, really
3: it's, you know, I think this anti-racism training, especially with, with, with uh, this whiteness thing, Mm. is more about addressing unconscious bias, Mm. Mm. right? And unconscious privilege. Yeah. Mm. Whereas critical race theory, perhaps is a broader thing about how race plays with institutions to affect people's opportunities and discrimination and things well, I mean, like that. The
0: reason I brought it up is, is like, I mean, what we spoke about in the last podcast when we were going down the rabbit hole of what critical race theory is, now it's a lot more relevant because Biden has kind of signed an initiative for it to be incorporated in schools like in the US. And a lot of parents are now like, in certain states are pushing back. Uh, I think the governor of Florida banned critical race theory integration into schools. Mm. Because what I understand is that instead of, you know, like growing up, you have the... The John, Ali, and Mutu has a bunch of marbles uh, and you have, t- the problem is about math. La. But critical race theory, if you want to incorporate it, it would account for these sort of rich racial discriminations into these sort of educational frameworks. La. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you were saying that part of the anti-racism training for her included stuff like declaring, okay, the privilege here and all, it sounded to me like, okay, is that critical race theory in a very bad shape? La? So 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 I think that was like, that that's what's happening yeah. in the US which is quite interesting because you get pushback from both sides la. some people are saying I know I just watched a video by on Fox News earlier today submitted by one of our editors about a person who f- grew up under uh, chairman mao in China who came out and said that critical race theory is horrible because it's exactly mm-hmm. what happened in China and it was a downfall of of the 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 I mean it was it, it kind of suppressed a lot of people based on class, not race. But she's saying she's seeing the same stuff happening in the US now, which is why critical race theory cannot be in class. And I was like, oh shit, this is like a new problem that the US is confronting.
3: Yeah. I, I, I don't know enough about how it's mm. being applied. Mm. Actually, I think it's a new yeah. thing now.
0: Mm. um. But but yeah, then well, your question was...
1: Well, your Your th- thoughts on the use of terms like white privilege and white fragility being transplanted to... To to describe the issues here like Chinese privilege, Chinese fragility, uh, I mean I see that a lot on the internet lah. Mostly Chinese privilege is Terence's favorite phrase. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. I I have I have my issues with it lah. But, but I wanted to to hear what what uh Sudir thinks lah. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so I I think there is something. Around Chinese privilege in Singapore, yeah, mm, and yeah. so that lady on the MRT, uh, you know, is, yeah. is, is a very good example mm. because um, I think if she, if the the races were flipped, yeah, you know, the the, the it wouldn't have panned mm. out that way mm, at all. Yeah. So so there's something about the fact that she was a Chinese lady, and and sorry for repeating what I said, yeah. on my last podcast, <laughs> for the listeners sure, of this sure. podcast, um, you know, the the uh, I think a Chinese lady was ha- harassing minority men essentially right mm, yeah. on the mrt train Correct, yeah and she was making youtube videos of it for mm, for many years Yeah. and nothing happened yeah but if the races were flipped i think it's very obvious if, if it was a minority lady harassing chinese men mm, mm, mm. on the on the train there, there's no way yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's no way her channel would have even lasted <laughs> yeah. two weeks lah okay mm, so so I, so I think this idea that there is some embedded privilege for the majority in singapore I think I, I think it's quite clear from what I see, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now whether I want to use the word Chinese privilege, I you know I'm a bit hesitant for that very reason lah, That that you know it it's the term white privilege has become a bit of a hackneyed term for some people, and then you know if you use if you just use Chinese privilege, then it's like oh you know. You're just blindly importing the concept from America. Mm. Very clearly, the racial dynamics in America are totally different from racial dynamics here, mm. with their long history of slavery. Yeah, mm. and I don't think anybody blindly imports anything, you know, uh, in terms of of critical race theory or in terms of understanding of structural racism in Singapore. I mm. I don't think there's any blind importation. So the danger for me with mm. using the, the the phrase Chinese privilege is that. You, you get painted into a corner, lah, right? Mm, mm. Or you're just, you're just mim- mimicking, mimicking white, that, that's my only worry. Not, mm. not, not that I don't think that it doesn't exist. I yeah. I, I think it does exist. Yeah, 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 I'm just worried about how we label it. Yeah, I mean, my I I, I think um, definitely there's
1: an advantage mm. being a part of the majority in any kind of group, lah, right? You walk into sure. any place. If I were to go to, like, I go to the US, I'm a minority, lah, right? Mm. And and I get I get my fair share of uh racist attacks and all that as well. But the the yeah, like like similar to what you're saying, I feel the word privilege, uh I mean just the word privilege itself is so loaded, like, you know, versus a yeah. word like even advantage. Like like we were, the example you're saying, like imagine you play tennis and instead of oh federal advantage federal, you you say privilege federal. You know, yeah. just to score it just sounds there's a aspect of it feeling very unearned, like an unearned kind of um Advantage that you get, like, you know. Yeah. And, but if that's precisely what we're trying to address, like, that's what we're trying yeah. to talk about. And, but it just, I just feel the word just carries so much baggage with it in terms of the, the image of privilege being like, you know, a, a jabba the hard fat cat sitting on a throne kind of thing, like, and lording over
3: everyone else. So, yeah, so, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's very, it's like sour grapes. I mean, not sour grapes. It, it's, it, you know, people who, do not benefit from that privilege yeah. will find it a very weird term. Yeah, there, yeah. there are a lot of low-income Singaporean Chinese. There are a lot of disenfranchised yeah, exactly, Singaporean exactly. Chinese. Mm. I mean, the concept of Chinese privilege must be bizarre to them, exactly. which, is, which is the same thing as it is yeah. in America for, yeah. for low-income whites. But
1: but the thing is, the, like, like, again, like what you said, the racial relations between white people and, and black people in the US and all that, I mean... Literally slavery, right? Literally, Jabba the Hutt is sitting on a throne yeah, and whi- yeah. whipping people, uh, you know. Versus what it, I mean, what it is in Singapore between uh, the majority here, Chinese people, and the minorities. Uh, it's a very different racial dynamic, also. So, my 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 thought is always about the labeling it as you know, privilege, Chinese privilege, like that. So. I, I don't have a better term for it. So I would I totally agree that being the majority, you are blind to certain advantages that you have, and you must you must do your best to acknowledge them. And like I said, like you, COVID nineteen showed you, you must take care of the the slowest, even the the slowest member, of the the slowest person in the race. You have to take care of them and make sure everyone gets past the finish line together. Mm-hmm. But it's just the use of the word. It just it's been weaponized so much that um, you yeah, know, it becomes almost like a. Like you say, hackneyed, and, and yeah, people just yeah. yeah, you can just conveniently say, ah, yeah, you copy from the west,
0: So so I think the end outcome of our discussion is that the government needs to form a racial task force, <laughs> you know, <laughs> administer like racial
3: tests, yeah. um, because yeah, I mean, just now at one point you were saying, you know, like hey, wait, sorry, can I just hold one, one second? Yeah, just to I just had one comment on his. Sure, sure, so, uh, yeah. So very quickly, I somebody I uh, I I've got a I've got a white South African friend who's mm. married to an Indian South African. Mm. He he told me that it's not just Chinese privilege here but it's mm. also white privilege here right yeah. he, he told me and, and it's very clear so his wife's yeah. Indian he, he said it's very clear when they walk into restaurants yeah. or they walk into shops yeah. if he walks in first the level of attention and care that they get yeah. as opposed to when his wife walks in so you know there, there are yeah. different forms of privilege in Singapore Correct. it's not just certainly not just Chinese privilege but I mean mm. you
1: examine the history I mean they were our colonial masters at one point I mean we were I mean the Chinese people were coolies and everything also. La. So, so, so if, I mean, just looking at that, if the word white privilege is used to describe the kind of relationship uh, between the, you know, a white person and and races here, I, I would kind of like, okay, I see some similarities in that. Although it was a very long time ago. La. Mm. But the, yeah, just the Chinese privilege thing itself, I still grappling with it. And, and you know, it's, yeah. a, it's still something I, I still like, uh, um, then let's try and find a term to talk about this because uh, I feel it's just been weaponized to the point where it's almost a caricature. But
0: maybe like what Sudir said, like even between us we have our differences, but there's a big issue to tackle. Uh. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And 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 I think right now just looking at discussions online feels like because the big topic is so hard to tackle, mm. it feels like the conversations will focus on on these other issues around it and nothing's really changing. Uh. Um, because that's what that's what I feel. Unfortunately, after all these repeated incidences, like part of me is like, oh my god, what what the hell is going on? Maybe maybe it really is like like COVID. You know, like you the the stance right now is COVID will be with us forever. You know, don't hope they'll ever go away. Maybe that's the same approach we need to take with racism, which is like what you said also, right? Instead of just hoping for this one utopia where everybody in Singapore gets along, no, they'll be fucking racist. And I think it'll be great if people coming to Singapore, people being born primary one, the first thing is like, okay, guys, there are racist people out there. You know, like Singapore is not perfect. We should try and get along, but there'll be races out there and it's the duty of every Singaporean to call out these races regardless of race. Mm. That's why I think the pledge really needs to be updated, like Pledge 2.0 or something to factor all this in la, so that we're not blindsided by the fact that, yeah, we got racial harmony means, oh, you know, I'm harmonious with all races because mm. I, I, I just, I to me, that sort of stuff is just pointless la, and to me, it boggles my mind that it's still going on these days, right? 31st July is Racial Harmony Day or something, right? Mm. And what, what the hell is that going to look like this year, yeah?
1: Hey, but can I, can I just point out one thing? Is actually when I didn't when I saw what Shamugam replied about that that whole mm. racial incident, right? That whole uh, interracial dating thing, I didn't think immediately that it was a it was like huh you are so stupid man kind mm-hmm. of reply. Like, I in fact I was thinking wow I mean like I mean here's the minister of law yeah who you know. Uh, I mean, when he comes out and talks, shit happens. uh, You know, shit happens uh, to Mm. to a lot of people involved. Um, So, I didn't think that what he said particularly made light of it lah. So I just wanted to find out: is this is this my majority advantage talking <laughs> or what?
0: You, you know,
1: you know my thoughts on that because I we did talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, like yeah. But my, yeah, okay, yeah. Go my,
0: ahead. Go my ahead. thought was that it was it did make light. It was a bit oblivious to what the underground sentiment is, and it boggled my mind that he could just be so surprised, And this was a debate that we had on our own podcast, uh, and yeah. it ended at that both of us having those sentiments. But what was your sentiments about? Yeah about that thing I know you alluded to it just now a bit earlier but he said did. he
1: agrees, agrees yeah
3: yeah and, and I, I mean I think they just have to address the history of the party and Lee Kuan Yew lah. They, mm. they, they can't keep sidestepping it I'm sorry mm. okay, it's, okay. It's, it's you know also you, you're
1: saying because because he I mean he obviously is part of the the ruling party and that it, and it was the founder of the ruling party had such strong views about and
0: certain actually,
3: things Shambugam was there by his side right? Shambugam was there yeah, yeah. So, the, the fact that he is no, surprised. And, and 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 I mean, it's like ta- what Tanbun Lee said to Dave Pakash, uh, right? You're talking about Shamugam's response yeah, to that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What Tanbun Lee said to Dave Pakash, I mean, was eerily similar to some things that Lee Kuan Yew has said in the past, lah. Mm, and it, it, there were correct. memes going around about Lee Kuan Yew's quote after that. You mm. know, if I if 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 my daughter brought back a guy from another race, da, 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 you know how how would you feel, mm. and 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 I wrote a piece on this that contextualized Lee Kuan Yew's comments in, in in a broader co- uh, context, but still you know I mean uh, yeah. it's, it's 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 just ironic that Shanmugam goes up there and you know acts surprised about that. Mm. Maybe he is. And my first response is you know haven't you read Lee Kuan Yew's words? Don't, <laughs> don't 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 you draw a line between Lee Kuan Yew's words and and somebody like Tan Bun Lee, which was made even stronger. Even stronger mm. when Tan Bun Lee's former uh, Malay Muslim student came up with that post. Mm. You know, even stronger now. You know, like, oh, I really see the ghost of Lee Kuan Yew and Tan Bun Li, man. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, I I mean, for me, we're like we're like scratching at the edges. The PAP <gasps> is scratching at the edges mm. unless it addresses the elephant in the room, lah. And do you you know think it's, it's uh, do yeah. you
0: think it will be? Because I'm I'm with you on that also. There, I think it needs to be addressed. Do you think it will be something the government will address? Do you think a media outlet would be addressed? Would address it, or do you think it's up to the 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 citizen voices? You and to me, address
3: bro. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I was
2: getting at, bro.
3: <laughs> no, you know what, know I, So so you know the, 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 <laughs> there's a very clear political reason why they are so afraid. In my view. Mm. To address Lee Kuan Yew's legacy, mm. you know, so so let's look. Let's there are many things, but let let's just look at two big things. One is how Lee Kuan Yew dealt with his political opponents, mm. right? Mm. So the arrests of the communists, so-called communists in the sixties, mm. arrests of the so-called Marxists in the eighties, right? Plus how he dealt with racism, race racism, etc. There must be a lot of fear in addressing his legacy mm. because it cuts to the very heart of the party.
2: Mm.
3: it cuts to the very heart of the foundation of Singapore right mm. but I think our society is m- much more mature than people give us credit for right mm. current leaders give us credit for I think we can handle this kind of introspection mm. this kind of discourse oh. um, but I but but my, my suspicion is they're never going to do it themselves because they are just afraid lah, you know of where that introspection leads yeah but do you think the opposition will? The opposition w- has already. Mm. So, if you look at... I mean, a- and, and they do so regularly. Mm. So, certainly on issues around uh, pol- political opponents, they have many times. Yeah. Um, around issues of racism, if you look at Preetam Singh's... Recent post, right? Recent post. Yeah. He mentioned Lee Kuan Yew's message as well. Mm. And and he he very uh, beautifully brought out the contradictions in Lee Kuan Yew's policies, mm-hmm. right? Because... Like I said, you know, he had racist views, he had racist policies, but he did strive to build a race-neutral meritocracy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, your your parents uh, grew up and lived here and 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 succeeded here. So did my parents. You know, many minority per- uh, people succeeded in 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 the country Lee Kuan Yew built. Mm. Uh, it, you know, are are my parents complicit in the? "Quote unquote racist system that Lee Kuan Yew built, maybe right? Mm. Why why didn't my parents' generation complain more about the racism? I don't know. You know, they, they had their own battles to fight, mm. but maybe now it's time for us to look at some of these issues. Mm. But you know, I, I I think we're not given enough credit that we as a society are at the point, and I think we've been at the point for many years where we can handle a mature debate on these issues mm. yeah. and have the debate move on, you know, or, or decide. Okay, we want to change some policies." Yeah. Uh, and then move on, you know, not 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 pretend like it never happened and sweep everything under the carpet, which is yeah. the, and then sorry, and and then ultimately just blame everything on individual cocks la. That's our mm. favorite la. Yeah. You yeah. know, so mm. for, so you know this is the great irony about racism. For for all those years when there were when there you know everything was was kept under under tab, right? You know, there's nothing, no no big racist incidents. Uh, the party kept. Co-opting all the credit, right? Mm. It's because of us. It's because of our wonderful micromanagement of racial relations, CMIO mm. system, HDB quota. It's mm. because of us. Singapore is a multiracial paradise, right? Mm. Now when incidents come up, <laughs> the, oh individual fault? cocks. <laughs> Indi- nothing to do with that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so exactly. it's 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 quite it's quite smart, lah. Well, the way they, they mm. frame all these incidents mm. and, and 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 negate the influence of Lee Kuan Yew but actually, yeah. I mean it might it might be something that we uh we might dissect
0: in the future. Lah. Because mm. even now, I mean we've been talking for what? Two, two and hours and, a half. and two and a half hours. Almost two and a half hours. Two and a half, 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 half hours on the topic of race. Yeah. And I mean I think we have addressed a lot of the things that were uh sent to us via Reddit and all that. Um yeah. yeah. So so I mean any any final questions? Any final
1: thoughts? Final question from uh I I've seen this around. Yeah. Uh as a majority uh advantaged person uh-huh. what can what can I do to uh-huh. help the situation when something like <laughs> well, that
0: <laughs> uh. <Okay. laughs> I me mean, I mean
1: just just practical steps that can be taken right now mm. I, I, sent, I sent a support message to Harish recently but then he <laughs> you he want me to read it up <laughs> <laughs> I was Fucking following Wake Up Singapore. I was following Wake Up Singapore. Fucking hell.
0: He just sent me a message. I think Wake Up Singapore had a thing, you know, send a message to a minority friend and tell them that you are yeah, there definitely. for them. Yeah. So Terrence sent me me and our uh, a producer friend. Who's who, Eurasian. Yeah, yeah. who's in a Eurasian in a WhatsApp group. He's like, guys, I just want you to let you all know that I'm here for you. Hashtag <laughs> call it out SG. And my other friend didn't respond. I told Terence to fuck off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so then so, tell me what to do. Then tell me yeah. what to do. No. So oh. I guess like you know that one thing when you that that initially when we were thinking about talking about Tan Boon Li mm. and and I know you said that okay this guy is obviously a racist. Mm. He's not representative of all Chinese people. Yeah. So what's the point? Because there will always be racist people in Singapore. Mm. And then a few days later you realize oh shit um, that was basically it's a smoke. Uh, of a big fire that had been burning for years. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and I'm glad you had that realisation because mm. I remember I had to try and tell you why we had to talk about it. Mm. And I think, even for me, like, when we were talking about that, part of me was like, do do I want to talk about this? It's just the same old fucking shit. But I'm glad we did because I think that's one thing that people can do. La. If you feel yourself getting apathetic and all that, apathetic, however the fuck you pronounce that, mm. just, just... Um, and if you feel like you read some comment, you're like, ah, oh, that guy's a fucking idiot or mm. you don't agree. Maybe just try and push back and and talk to people about it. Mm. Uh, talk to your friends, talk to people who who might be able to share a bit more of a perspective rather than just push it aside. Because it's so easy to look for the easy solution like what Sudhir said or to push it aside. But also question. Because I think it's important everybody uh, kind of look at it, not just, okay, everything is is level five. Mm. Uh, and, and just be aware of that mm. so that's one thing for me I don't know if you have any thoughts Sudir
3: I, no I, I think it's such an important question mm. many of my friends actually sent me something similar on private chat and all that Oh really? they're like what can we do to help how can we be an ally so there's this concept of allyship yeah, is very yeah. important and again I, I, I don't think there are easy answers la. Um, but, but you know there are some things so for example you and 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 just to back up a bit i i have many chinese friends for the past two years who are like now walking on eggshells right Mm, mm, mm. they're so afraid that they're going to say something that might offend somebody else in some way or you know so they Uh they don't know what to do you know yeah and i think some simple things that can be done you know so for example firstly have friends from different races i know not (laughs) everybody has that (laughs) Yeah, racial harmony, bro. Fresh Everybody, fresh. Has <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has friends. Everybody has friends. But you know, I um and this is not just Chinese. I I, I know Indians and Malays as well who who mostly keep themselves. But I think mm. it's very important if you're living in a multicultural society to have friends of different races la, mm. and religions. Yeah. And so, you know, if I asked you now, Terence, like, you know, you, you don't have to answer, but I'm just saying you 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 should have on your on your speed dial, on your WhatsApp or whatever, you know, if I'm in a situation where I don't know if this is offensive to a Eurasian. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, yeah. there's 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 a Mr. Rodriguez or a Mr. de Silva that I can <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight away yeah. ask la. Yep. But 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 most actually I I I don't know, but I hazard to guess that most Singaporeans don't have that right. So you need like a they, CMIO speed dial. Yeah yeah. <laughs> you need a CMIO speed dial. <laughs> get your bloody see <laughs> my <CMIO> avengers <laughs> that you call <laughs> <laughs> avengers assemble get
0: on video call uh, everybody
3: <laughs> hey,
0: yeah actually uh,
3: yeah so i mean that, that that and 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 you know it's something i i, I use frequently I, mm. I use it frequently I, I i ask my malay friends and my indian friends and yeah. my and uh, my eurasian friends hey is it okay to say this uh? is, is that the right way to, you know it's it's cuz it, it's a complex world uh. i mean yeah. Mm. So so that sounds like the app idea. You sign up, you immediately <laughs> get <three. pair> you <laughs> <with.
2: Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> group you up. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude yeah. yeah, it's a that, yeah. I'm sure
3: you can get some big grant from GovTech <laughs> and, yeah, and exactly. maybe the People's Association. Yeah, yeah they, they must it. be willing to sponsor exactly. this. <laughs> quota got quota, not every yeah. group, yeah.
2: Yeah. Then
0: it checks your trace together. If you go too much to Little India, they realize okay, you got uh Indian, you probably like uh then you need to pair you up and all that. Ah, okay. But but that's that's uh a bit that's a huge step Like, what's like a little step for someone who maybe is listening to this and they think okay maybe I should to get a CMIO speed dial is a bit hard should I read something should I listen to something should I any small step like a baby step and and not just to majority because Mm. I've met people of Indian ethnicity Malay ethnicity sometimes I feel also like do I really want to care about this fuck this shit there's so much other things to worry about What's a baby step?
3: Baby step is just to have your ears open and listen to what's going on and be ready to potentially point out racism or prejudice when you see it, like racism or prejudice when you see it Mm. among the Mm. people around you. Even like older family? Older family? Aunties, uncles? Yeah, so I mean... Mm. One of the common questions is, you know, this intergenerational question. It was okay for our parents, how come it's yeah. not okay now? I, mm. you know, I think unfortunately we have to go through that long conversation that that that, mm-hmm. that, that we did la, that you know, mm. racism is not fixed, it changes. Yeah. Changes from you know, I, I think you, you need to have that conversation. that, that, that there's no other that the yeah, there's no short way la. Um mm. there's no easy fix, la, you know. So I, I think the the yeah Send them a link to this podcast la. Yeah. And studio TV. And studio TV. Yeah. Tv.com. <laughs> um but I, I, I think that's important to to have the conversations with people around you. You mm. know, for for people who are trying to be allies. Mm. Not everybody is, but people are trying to be allies. I, I think that's that's the best you can do. Mm. Start start with small conversations, start with with small comments that you see on your social media feed. You know, if somebody is saying something that's actually quite racially provocative you mm. maybe tell them hey you know is there a different way to or block them block them block, entirely block them entirely cancel <laughs> completely that's <laughs> a that's a whole other one hour conversation about whether no no it's, it's, it's important about, about whether censorship and 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 legislation and you know uh, is the way mm. to deal with these things? Mm. I think that's a very important. You know, we, we can leave this yeah. for another episode. Sure, sure. But but I think it's an important question. Yeah. You know, is, is that oh, the best? This is way a whole
0: other episode, uh? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
3: is that the best way to deal with racism by 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 charging people by by you know wh- what's the name of the guy with the satirical Twitter account? Was it Sharon, Lee. Sh- Sharon Lewis. Sharon Lewis. Is that the best way to deal with with you know these issues? Uh, you know, I, I I think yeah, it's a whole other episode, but. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. But so yeah. how how has my majority friend are you are you are you going to work towards building up a CMIO speed down? I already have already. What yeah. You think I don't have? You got already. Uh, huh? Yeah. Am <laughs> I the, am I an Indian person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, think you are the Indian okay, person. Okay. You, yeah. uh, you think? But
1: then the thing is that you are you are quite like oh I I don't I don't do this I don't do that I don't do that like mean, what you sort of <laughs> dissociate yourself from from tradition and culture. Where you and got such that? thing anyhow? I'm so modern, you know.
0: You all give all example. Where? You know, just now you asked me to back up my claim that PA was fucking stupid. Give me an example. The example, or oh, that I that I that I step do, away. I from. mean,
1: You, I mean, you, you, you're not very religious, right? But why does religion? Uh, is it so closely tied that, to ethnicity? I mean, generally, a lot of uh, um, a lot of uh, mostly ethnic uh, Indians, uh-huh. are also uh, Hindu or or they practice one of the religions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you don't at all, right? I mean I'm born Hindu, I still yeah. do Hindu stuff. I don't know, but yeah. you are not a reliable person to ask about certain But I am a type and... of in. I Indian right. Like, yeah, you so don't want your stereotypical
0: you, okay, must do Baranathia,
1: must speak Hindi yeah, yeah, must, yeah. must so you are a 1A you are 1A la, but <laughs> I have a <laughs> BCDEF <laughs> in case in, in case that so feels, the first like, point is yeah. uh,
0: CMIO then after yeah. that you can have within the I different types of I different correct, types of correct. O's and all
1: yeah, I have actually put a lot of effort to try to understand the different uh, segments within uh, the Indian population mm-hmm. as well, in terms mm-hmm. of uh. Malali versus uh, Sindhi and everything Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and sometimes I also hear even your own when you describe them like yeah. there's certain stereotypes or so like, right? yeah, Between, yeah. and then I just listen very, very accordingly and I try to understand better like. because honestly for Chinese people uh, it was easier last time but now much harder to, to really differentiate like you know or or anything like that back mm-hmm. then you know there was like clans and all that yeah. nonsense that everyone would do like the different activities you would do yeah. but now it's just like, everyone's just Chinese and and then yeah that's all uh.
3: but yeah, yeah that, that, I mean that's an important thing for people an easy thing for people to do yeah. is, to, mm. is to understand the granularity of China India and mm. and the Malay world uh. mm. so that's why I watch Malaysia Indian, Indonesia Indian
1: matchmaker I didn't want to bring it up
3: I didn't want to bring it up <laughs> <coughs> everything he says now right is from
0: that 8 episodes his whole fucking concept of India and the culture is Indian matchmaking Seema really
1: not, not from Bombay is your just teacher that. Yeah, it's Sima. that plus Delhi crime also yeah in, then you understand, and three idiots also if you can afford and Three the time. idiots, yeah, <laughs> three idiots. But yeah, like
0: wow. I think I think that was a, a very hearty discussion. Yeah. Shall we do the one shot thing?
3: Yes, we should. We should. Do well, you have your one shot you thing, Sudeep? No, you all go first. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. okay. I forgot about watch. the one shot
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, but yeah, I mean, I know that that sounded like an abrupt segue, but but it is a lot that we have covered. Uh, yeah. We are gonna be. Uh, answering questions on Reddit so please comment away and if there's enough we might do another episode we might do a Ask Me Anything we might do a whole series on race Yeah. All right. so keep that in mind mm. uh, but now we just end off with something a little more light hearted uh, the one show thing of the week of the past few days you have you have yours Terrence?
1: I mean uh, I think I talked about the trailer the last round but uh, the first episode of Loki mm. uh, latest Marvel superhero movie starring a straight white villain uh, mm. straight white character uh, Hero, <laughs> mm. but I mean it, it's just as entertainment. I think Marvel, um, Disney slash Marvel, has been doing a very good job building on the the gigantic universe that they did with the movies. Mm. But I feel the television series actually are more interesting. They they go to they take more risks with uh, the television oh. series. So it
0: matched the hype, because uh, the trailer was fucking awesome. Yeah, there's
1: no? just there's this there's a vibe about the show that really brings you back to those kind of you know heist movies or the seventies movies they're watching oh. so it's mm. interesting like it's interesting like, and i mean tom hiddleston is a very charming actor everything mm. so uh, how about
3: wanda vision did you watch that yeah
1: Wonder vision also was like they took a lot of risks with very that, interesting man yeah and i mean storytelling is very interesting yeah yeah and and they i mean three episodes where you didn't you really didn't know what the fuck yeah. was happening how <laughs> yeah, often does that happen <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Like, they dared to do it and knowing that most people drop off after the first or second episode they went three episodes with like you not knowing what the hell is going on. Mm. So, so I, I I salute them for taking a risk even though they're such a big you know, multi-billion dollar organization. Uh. Mm. So it's worth checking out. Yeah. Cool. Uh,
0: my one joke thing is also a TV show. It's a, a show called Sweet Home on Netflix. Mm. Um, it's a Korean show and I remember it's a Korean series and I remember watching a trailer a few months ago. It's about this one guy who moves into this like crumbling apartment building uh, and and, and there's a monster infestation and it's all set within that one apartment block. The trailer was awesome and I thought I read reviews about how it's actually not that good but I decided let me just watch one episode and I watched it last night and it was fucking great, man. And it's... I mean, I I always feel like when there's this monster series, how many more iterations can they do to still keep it engaging? I had a feeling when I watched Kingdom mm. and that turned out great mm. and this is another Korean show set in modern day times but it's just so eerie but in a good way like. And i watched one episode and i think it's amazing like. it's really good hmm. yeah yeah
3: what's the name again sweet home sweet home yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting
0: okay. yeah Surya. yeah yeah I, you I got bring, mine i got mine i got bring mine bring some positivity i got mine i got mine <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: uh i really loved the opening ceremony of the euro 2020
1: oh really so there was a like a with a live crowd and everything uh, a ceremony
2: yeah oh wow so
3: so uh those who don't follow football, um, the reason it's still called Euro twenty twenty is supposed to be held last year yep, because yep, of COVID, yep. it was postponed, so it's held this year. But they they still kept the name. Yeah, and I think they kept the name partly, you know, as a show of resilience. And and the opening ceremony for me also was this, you know, they they had um amazing the, the especially the last part. So you know, sort of five six minutes of it where they had uh, Andrea Bocelli singing mm. this beautiful. Opera song, I think it's called "Nessun Dorma." Yeah, and then they had um, incredible uh, balloons and this and this ballerina spinning around and actually fireworks. I, I love fireworks and I love mm. flares. So mm. so you know those, those flares that you see, football fans lighting oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. as they stand with all the colors I- inside the stadium, right? Mm. So they combined the the flares with the fireworks. Yeah, on the top of the Rome stadium, and it was it just looked so beautiful and, and it was just such a like. Almost like victory of the human spirit, la, Despite mm. the very difficult, you know, eighteen months that the whole world has had, yeah, That yeah. they actually managed to bring this event together and and yeah. host it. Oh, really? Yeah. And you can see it online, like just the opening ceremony. You can see just the opening ceremony. Oh, I'll, I'll share the link see, yeah. with you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. yeah. Andre
1: Bocelli, like I think this this whole COVID period, like he has been like the the and I mean he is like the face of like resilience against COVID, lah. Cause you, you oh, know-
3: oh, I didn't know. I, I only seen. Oh, oh he's, done need-
1: other, he's done other stuff. Huh? No, like in the midst of the crisis in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, all the streets in Italy were cleared out. And then yeah. he, I think he's, they filmed a special of him singing a song in the empty streets in front of a giant cathedral. So it's like, I mean, I mean, he's blind and all, right? He walks up to the spot and then he starts, you know, his operatic voice, he starts singing Ave Maria. And then they show the scenes of the streets being empty and just reminding people that, you know, in spite of all this, there's still beauty la in, in everything. Yeah, yeah. And then over Christmas, uh, I was live streaming this also, it was very fun. So you know? they they went to some caves with those, those giant what do you call stacking? Ste- Ste- stele- mites. Stelec- Stelec- mites, stele- yeah. 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 And then yeah, they he they got him in the middle of the cave and and he was singing in there and it, because there was no audience or anything. But this was his Christmas special. La. So you're seeing in the cave with a dancer, you know, dancing in the pool. Oh. And so it was just like Again, it was like, wow, this guy, he's blind and he's in the middle of a cave and they nice. made the cave so beautiful and there's nobody. And you know what would be horrible if they told him, yeah, there's a lot of audience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The whole thing is packed.
1: Wait, yeah. before I laugh, let me check whether that was Yeah, offensive. I also was thinking, <laughs> for, was that insensitive?
0: <laughs> yeah. Was I trivializing the whole thing?
1: But, uh, yeah. no, But, but it's really the, I mean, every time he comes on, I feel like, wow, got that triumph of the human spirit feel. <laughs> I'll Still ticking, oh shit.
0: Still ticking. Fuck.
3: <laughs>
1: but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. go check that one out. Okay, the yeah. yeah.
3: But there's opening soundtrack. I them to what? my, what is it? One best thing. Uh? One, shock, oh, thing. Oh, one, shock, one thing. shock thing. Oh, one shock thing. One shock
1: thing. Shock
0: <laughs> thing. Uh, it don't be Western now. Uh, one best thing. One <laughs> <Sorry>. shock thing. <laughs> sorry, okay? sorry. One yeah. shock yeah. thing. One shock <laughs> thing. Local shock <laughs> thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah, that was two hours and 40 minutes. Thank you so much, yeah. Mr. Sudir. Thank you. Um, I know this won't be the last podcast we do together Yeah. and, and if you're listening to this if you have lasted this long um,
1: yeah thank you for listening and where can we find you again on mm. the internet just
0: I'll share
3: yeah SudhirTV.com and Facebook Sudhir.Vadekid mm-hmm. Twitter IG SudhirTV mm. okay and Vadekid
0: okay. is V-A-D-A-K-E-T-H yep okay awesome great alright uh, to all those listening thank you so much and talk to you all soon